At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Small business owners, is your internet making office tasks painfully slow? Are your file upload speeds <laughs> sluggish? Are your video calls ch- uh, 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 oppy? You need more speed. AT&T Business Fiber gives you up to 20 times faster upload speeds at half the price of cable. Faster upload speeds mean smoother, less glitchy video conferencing and faster file transfers. Visit att.com slash business fast or call 844-702-FAST to get our best price on our best service. Imagine it, up to 20 times faster upload speeds at half the price of cable. AT&T experts can help you upgrade to AT&T Business Fiber. Soon, you're going to love your internet. Call 844-702-FAST now. Comparison by Telogical Systems, 12-2020. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Derek here of Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Nominations are open for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City at thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. Please consider going to the Arts and Entertainment section and voting for Screen Heroes as the Best Local Podcast of Kansas City in 2019. Nominations are open until July 8th, so please get your nomination in as soon as possible. Thank you for your consideration. Hello and welcome to Kaiju Curry House. I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and joining me today we have Alex. Good evening! And Joe. Howdy there. Do you know what, guys? It's nice to be saying that again. I've missed not doing that in the last few episodes. So today's episode is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, So just a warner, warner, warning, full spoilers ahead if you haven't seen the film. Well, with that out of the way, should we dive straight into it or do you want to do um, what have Kaiju been up to? No, what have Kaiju been up to? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I, in- inspired by Gods of the King of the Monsters, I have gone and pre-ordered the Necker, Mothra and Rodan figures because I just thought, why not? They're about 25 quid each and they look pretty cool. So mm-hmm. I don't know when they're coming out. I think it's about December, which seems a long time to wait. It's probably to coincide with the Blu-ray maybe, but... I thought it was a bit of a wait, considering the film's out now. I heard that the Blu-ray was going to come out in August, but that's just me. Oh, no. Oh, well, it's early days. Okay. Well, the sooner the better. But um, I just thought it was quite a delay for the toys to come out. Well, good on you for ordering them. I was going to say, like, those two are definitely high up on my list. They do look nice. Are you going to cave and get them? I might. (laughs) They're quite cheap. I, uh... I ordered the King Ghidorah Monster Arts. Oh, that's a bit pricier. Yeah, but you know, I did the payment plan thing, and oh, I oh from Jason. You, yeah, you can't have like the big bad and not have the other ones from that movie like in scale so beautifully. I mean, it just works, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah so, no, to what true. extent are we going? To what extent are we going spoilers? Is like, is it open conversation tonight? Yeah, can talk about anything. You can talk about anything you want. Uh, the listeners will hopefully stop listening if they haven't seen the film. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. we're gonna do that. the spoiliest spoil spoiler spoiler super spoil, spoil yeah, spoily podcast ever yeah right um joe what have kaiju been up to <sighs> my monster x finally came in it's yes. amazing and I was actually pleasantly surprised by the shading. I saw some pictures by other people that uh, had received it. And honestly, I was a little bit scared. But now that he's here, it's maybe one of those things that like the light or the cameras weren't doing it justice. The bone coloring uh, on the monster, he's really good. Uh, the the uh, paint shading's great in that respect. And then uh, his size. He is currently sitting next to my 30 centimeter X plus Varan. And he is the same height, which is awesome. I also managed to change his tail a little bit. Um, hair dryer and the vinyl. I, I took his uh, tail from between his legs and I have it curling nicely around the outside and coming up towards the front side of him rather than curving up from between his legs, which I thought was a bit weird. But I really like the figure and it's great. I'm glad I got it now because it looks great and it's huge. We have been waiting a while for this. I have been waiting a while. <laughs> and along with the rendition of Gigan, I'd say that Monster X is definitely the highlight of that film, of Final Wars. Yeah. There's so many highlights in that film. Really? <laughs> but that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and for myself, I... Uh, to mixed success i ran a mini competition within our facebook group called godzilla king of the posters <laughs> i think the problem was with only two entries <laughs> two oh. entries uh, i know yeah not very successful but i'm gonna put it down to the fact that the first person to post up their entry was one of our members who went full onesie Godzilla style and paraded through the streets of their city on the way to the Odeon and then kind of like just, just marched around roaring at people. And I think anyone who saw that that video must have gone, all right, well, she's won the poster. I did, you know, so. I did <laughs> put up a picture of me in the cinema, but, you know, you can't compete with that. You really no, can't. You can't. <laughs> no, you can't. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think well-earned, so I need to get in touch with that member and uh, pass that on to them. Yes, well Other than well. that, I've um, done my payment for my uh, Defa Reel, that's the chibi-sized um, Hedera, so that's on its way to me. Dude. So, good times. Oh, Everyone okay. loves Hedera. Well, yeah. do they? I, heard, I found out recently that was a female kaiju. All right, okay. I didn't realise it even had a gender. No, well, I didn't. My, my daughter just calls it Pooh Monster. Well, you know, it's one of these things that you find out, but apparently um, it was the Godzilla mobile game that came out in Japan just recently that kind of confirmed it. Adora is female, but then um, looking back, some other members have been, you know, saying, you know, once this revelation came out, it's like, well, on Godzilla Island, Adora was always pink with eyelashes. Did you not get the subtle hint there? Oh, no, I, I can't say that that ever really <laughs> no, it didn't blipped up. That didn't really blip on my radar, but oh, well, there we are. Well, well, we learned something new today. I, I was going to start talking about Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, but actually, again, that's that's for another time. Right, <laughs> let, let's roll on with the topic for tonight. Helpless people on subway trains scream by dying as he looks in on them. So, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. 
has a lot to offer. So we're going to talk about initially in this podcast, what we loved about this movie. So I'll hold off for last because I'm the one that waffles on the worst. So one of you take it away. (laughs) I think Paul (laughs) often talks the least. So can we give Paul a bit of limelight tonight? Pressure. Pressure. Don't do that. What did I like most about the film? Well, it's got to be the kaiju battles, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, They're they're just, they're just fantastic, aren't they? It's what we used to watch or, you know, it's, it's the old Japanese films, but with a big budget and Ghidorah looks absolutely stunning. Godzilla looks menacing and he's, he's not slow. He, he charges at Ghidorah. Ghidorah's smacking him around with his, her heads. Um, Rodan looks badass and Mothra, Mothra actually puts up a fight. And I don't know about you guys, but I, all the fighting I thought was great. Just, just absolutely great. It was the highlight of the film. The fact they got into it really quickly. I think it is, what, within 40 minutes, if that, um, Ghidorah's released and he's battling Godzilla. I thought we'd be waiting yeah. for at least an hour or more. So the pacing, yeah, let's go with the pacing. Pacing the film, oh, really good as well. It doesn't prattle around, does it? No. It just gets straight into it. In that regard, I think it's fantastic, which... It's like, well, you, you know what Godzilla looks like, so let's just get into it. Let's have a yeah. monster brawl. You know, he's obviously been given all the money and thought, do you know what? I'm going to give the fans what they want. Just big old monster fights. And he delivered on that. Absolutely 100%. It hits the fan pretty early in this film. I was going to say, you know, like, we're just there. Mommy, daughter, Mothra's hatched. It's a kumbaya moment. And then (laughs) out of nowhere, people are being shot point blank in the forehead. And things are happening. And you're just like, wow, Charles Dance. You are just really going for it, man. (laughs) You were right. It does not relent. It just starts and it goes. Yeah, I think that's. See, I thought Charles Dance was going to be a hero in it because with the trailers, it was a bit ambiguous, kind of who the human characters are, or who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. So when it was like, oh, you know, Charles Dance is an eco terrorist, I'm like, ah, okay, he's he's playing an English villain. I never would have seen that. Outrageous. There had to be Um, one somewhere. They did indeed, and he he does talk very dramatically. He doesn't say much in the film, does he? No, he's just... No, not really. He's just Tywin Lannister. (laughs) He's just... Absolutely. Um, Do you reckon in any future films, given that it's hinted that he's going to be back in the film, do you reckon he'll be shot with a crossbow on a toilet? I don't know. We'll have to talk to Peter Dinklage. I mean, (laughs) he obviously needs to do that. Is this a Game of Thrones thing? (laughs) Spot the one host who hasn't watched Game of Thrones. Yeah, Paul, okay. Paul sounding really confused there. You know, what the hell is going on? Charles Dance um, gets shot by a crossbow while yeah. he's having a number two, Paul. It it was one of those moments <laughs> that's just, you didn't see it coming. Okay, yeah, I, I wouldn't have seen that coming, you're right. No. Um, okay, what I absolutely loved about it, and I'm sure that I'm just reiterating other points that people have made... It was the monster action, but it really was. And um, one of the things that stands out to me is that before I actually went to see Godzilla King of the Monsters at the at the cinema, I was watching trailers and I was talking to people. And the best comment I saw was that someone said, this might not be a work of art um, in terms of script, but it will be a spectacle. 
And I think that that's a fair point that, you know, it wasn't a flawless film, far from it, but it was a spectacle. Visually, the film was absolutely sublime. And I'm so glad that I went to see it in IMAX. That that was a wonderful experience for me. So, yeah, no, it was great. Honestly, it was an absolutely wonderful experience. Did I notice it particularly in 3D? No, not really. The 3D didn't really stand out. But in terms of the sheer size of seeing it in IMAX, that was great. Um, It was very much, um, you know, it was... I can't think of the word. Just, well, it, it was an experience. I think my... My highlights were definitely when Rodan comes into the picture. I think the music that plays, the fact that Rodan's coming out of a volcano, phenomenally uh, dramatic, really, really excellent. And um, the other kaiju, I, I really, really enjoyed. It was cheesy, but I really enjoyed the last scene when those other kaiju appeared and bowed down before Godzilla. Um, what were your thoughts on that, guys? Oh, no, I love that insane. It's the circle <laughs> of life. Were you expecting a baboon to sort of do a bow and then wipe, you know? I was expecting Kong to come and lift Godzilla up. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was going to happen. A couple of uh, zebra in the background. Yeah, neighing. Kong was MIA, by the way. <laughs> Worst yeah. supporting character, Kong. Thank you very much for all your contributions to saving the world. But there was a couple of kaiju that were hinted at. Um, there was the one that was coming out of the was mountainside. That? Was that uh, Methuselah, I think? Like, yeah. some of the names have been hinted at. Oh, Does right. Sound... There was no Nessie. I was pissed. Was... I thought the name ah, might have been there will be a, There a will be a Nessie. It'll be Amanda or a Nessie or something to that ilk. There has yeah. to be an underwater battle. Yeah, that's I true. Know, yeah, Amanda would, but I was yeah, sad. It's like when you play any yeah. video game platformer. You can guarantee that there'll be an ice level, a lava <laughs> level, an underwater level. You know, it, there will be there will be an underwater yeah. battle in the next film. Yeah, there will be. be. Yeah. Right, so but, things that I loved. On. So you are absolutely right. Rodan stole the show. He lost epically in every single battle he initiated. <laughs> but stole the but show. he's but he's a trier, you know. And then, um, <laughs> oh my god, when Mothra hatches out of her cocoon, when the music you know flares up and everything, that was an amazing moment in this film. Cinematography, yes. special effects, soundtrack, all came together in one perfect moment. And Mothra hatching was totally it. Um, Very graceful. Yeah. The Easter eggs. Oh, my Lord. The Easter eggs. You can tell yeah. Michael Dougherty is a fan because they gave <laughs> him money and he threw in everything. It's like whoever tries to follow up this film, they have to be waving their fists at him saying, damn it, you took <laughs> everything. <laughs> We have nothing left from the show. Go on, Joe. It, what was your favorite Easter egg? Because, like, we'll do one each. That would be good. Go on. Oh. You know how I'll I said... on the spot. You know me. how I said earlier I'm really bad at waffling on? You just kind of opened up, you know, Pandora's box there. You um, said one, Joe. One thing. I know. So... <laughs> uh... All right, so I'm not going to go with any in-universe stuff or anything, but when you glimpse at the military spec of the Oxygen Destroyer and you can see the designs of what would have been the original 1954 design 
in that missile for the oxygen destroyer. That was cool. I liked that. Okay. I mean, that that was if anything in this movie was a shower callback. It was that. And what about Paul? What was your favorite Easter egg? Uh, for me, it was probably right at the start of the film, and it just made me smile when it was showing all the um, people in the streets protesting, and someone held up a sign that said "Destroy All Monsters," <laughs> and I just I just saw that and smiled. Ah, see, I didn't notice that. Now, now I do want to go back to the cinema to spot the Easter eggs. You can't watch this movie once and catch everything. I think that's no, one of the no. things that people who are Godzilla fans who watch this film and they come away with it and it's like, oh God, I didn't like it. You, I mean, the movie goes at such a blistering pace. You aren't going to catch everything. It requires multiple viewings to appreciate every layer that they put into it. That's one thing I will totally give this film credit for. It has layers upon layers of Easter eggs and lore building and characters and designs and monsters. It just doesn't give you time to see all of it in one viewing, and that's the issue. I think that's what people came away and they had the biggest problem with it. But that doesn't make it a bad movie. That's an amazing thing. You know, like the fact I think if anything, that gives credence to their world building that you can't catch everything in one go. It's like watching Planet Earth and just watching it as like a linear documentary. Like you can watch that over and over again, see stuff in the background, animals because it's like a documentary about a world. Not this is necessarily the same as watching Planet Earth. This is just comparison you know for how you can catch so many different things but movie does have a lot going for it in that respect yeah so much i yeah i couldn't keep track of lots of it um especially like the like the end credits they just threw so many references i don't know what's going on godzilla is himself godzilla is himself (laughs) the end credits was absolute carnage there was so much Mm. going on i I just i wanted in slow motion (laughs) Um, you are going to have to watch when that. When the music pause, opened, and I'm like, ah, I've been looking forward to that track. It's the Surge Tankian rendition of, um, it's a Blue Oyster Cult, isn't it? Yeah, Blue Oyster Cult, it's Godzilla. And that was great, and that played. I'm like, ah, I've been looking forward to this. And then suddenly it was like, what? What's that? And then newspaper articles. I'm like, oh, slow down, yeah. slow down. <laughs> I can't keep up. Oh, more monster sightings. Okay, okay, right. What? So that that, that was fantastic. My favourite Easter egg was, uh, I'm just looking on IMDb now, so I'll get the character's name right. But there's two characters supposedly acted by the same actress. I'm not too sure about this. I've got Dr. Eileen Chen and Dr. Ling. Were they two separate characters? Do you know who I mean? Oh, like the... um. Yeah, that are meant to... Symbolize Mothra's fairy priestesses, yeah. Yeah, Mothra's thingies. They aren't things, Paul. They're actual people. <laughs> Fa- they're, no, they're, I was trying to think they're fairies, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. My, my, my favourite um, Easter egg, and can even call it an Easter egg because it's pretty obvious, was just yeah, when absolutely. she was going through the, the family photos and it was, there was quite obviously a shot of the twins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obvious to us. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, when I went along with my friend Matthew, he he didn't know. He was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that now." And it's it's not that obvious unless you're, you know, a a bunch of nutters like us. You know, it's the twins. It's the twins. Exactly. Look at that reference. Ah." Um, because I was trying to think when when the twins have last been in a Godzilla film, and was it Godzilla Final Wars? I don't know. The last I can definitively say that there was a surefire nod to them would have been uh, the animated ones, but if we're counting those. But other than that, 
GMK had a pair of twin sisters, you know, clutching their chests, saying, <gasps> yes, yep. But you know, like other than that, so that that was fantastic for me. Um, yeah. So we're due to take a break, aren't we? Okay. Right. Return. Oh, already. Yeah. Right. We'll take a break, and then and then and then what are we bringing our fans back with when we? What we gonna What we gonna focus are we going on? The slightly more negative. <laughs> Room for improvement areas of Godzilla King of the Monsters. Room for improvement, yes, let's call it that. <laughs> okay, let's do this, right. We'll take a break now, guys. Derek here of Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Nominations are open for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City at thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. Please consider going to the Arts and Entertainment section and voting for Screen Heroes as the Best Local Podcast of Kansas City in 2019. Nominations are open until July 8th, so please get your nomination in as soon as possible. Thank you for your consideration. Hi, and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. Our topic this evening is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And in this segment of our podcast, we're going to be talking about areas that we think might have had room for improvement. I'm going to preference this by saying none of us are screenwriters, none of us are directors, none of us are professional movie makers. But as fans, but we are all right, but, all yeah. of us. But as fans of cinema and fans of kaiju movies, there are some areas that we thought maybe detracted a little bit from our overall viewing experience. So we're going to say some constructive things about what the movie could have well, done differently. Disclaimer: Obviously, as viewers, we know best, and you know we can always do the film better than anyone who directs it. You know. as is the way with any consumer you know we're flawless of course we are aware there's been a bit of fan backlash against critics so we're being a bit careful to say we like the movie there are just some areas we would have liked to see something why has there been so much fan backlash what's going on with that because it felt like just as the film was launched there was the whole kind of rotten tomatoes thing of you know there's gonna be an unveiling of what rotten tomatoes thinks and then it was slightly not fantastic and then everyone's like rotten tomatoes i hate them and it's like look it's just just a collection of reviews it's all right but people got i mean there were memes made, damn it. There were memes made about Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> being rubbish. It's bonkers. That's the internet. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I think the thing, the thing is, it, Rotten Tomatoes has a very broad reach. And if you Google a movie, the first thing that comes up is the Rotten Tomatoes score. And it doesn't tell you what fans are saying it tells you what critics are saying now this is a niche fandom this is an old fandom it is a strong fandom it is a very passionate fandom but it is very niche and we will never be the most populous fandom we will never be the avengers fandom in terms of how many people go out and see our films but i think it was just everybody was so hyped up the trailers were so beautifully made the redesigns of monsters were you know we have the classic scores it was everything as a kaiju fan you want to see and then to be hit with the fact that critics didn't like it that was kind of it feels personal i could i can totally say that it feels personal when people attack things or say 
no, I thought it was rubbish or I didn't like it when it's something you're very passionate about, something that you love. You don't know Godzilla like we do. We know best. Well, at at the end of the day, a critic's opinion is worth only what you give it. If you love a film, however rubbish it may be, Godzilla vs. Megalon, <laughs> you can still love it. It can be fine. You know, there nobody is going to take away your love for that, your passion for that, and nobody is going to take away the fun and enjoyment that you got out of that film. But it does Tremors. hurt. Tremors is perfect. You know, when 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 you have a large number of professional critics saying that they did not like the film. Now, a far larger amount of fans took to Rotten Tomatoes and the internet and said they absolutely loved it. So we mentioned earlier, the film is not perfect. No film is or should be. They're made by imperfect people. So the film shouldn't be perfect, but it's about the enjoyment that you get out of it. So I think that people were kind of taken aback how harsh the critical consensus was and they were afraid of the continuation of the monsterverse which to a degree relies on the box office results and the critical consensus of these films so you know yeah i think that's the bigger point here isn't it yeah it was a scary thing or you know it's kind of a hurtful feeling that you get when people say oh no i don't like your thing or you know, this thing that's so important to your fandom, I just didn't get it, I didn't like it, but yet my opinion of it weighs so heavily on whether or not the general populace will see it and you will get more films out of this studio. I think that was probably what people, you know, were reacting to there. But the internet, it's it's very reactive to things like that. Yeah, we, we should expect that. Yeah. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> so... Guys, uh, we'll start with you, Alex. Alex, what did you think could have been improved on the film, or what would have made it flow better for you? Um, right. I'll go rather than going for the things that I'm conflicted about. I'll go for the things that were genuinely jarring for me. And what I found most jarring was the the plot vehicle of Dr. Emma Russell and her electronic device, which I think was called the Orca. Have I got that right? Yes. Right. As a plot device, I found it preposterous. And (laughs) I... um, Right, okay, it's a Godzilla film. And this is where it's difficult to criticise Godzilla plot because you keep going back to, but it's a film with giant monsters acting. Yes, but if I'm going to scrutinise it, I need to give it a shot. So... The whole plot device of the Orca, it was jarring for me. There's the f- opening scene where, or just after the opening scene where, you know, she is with a daughter and Mothra is is hatching in the, uh, the lava form and then panics, doesn't it? And it starts attacking people and then she scrambles forwards with the Orca and at the last minute... You know, she uses this uh, this life hack code with the orca and basically pulls an Independence Day on the situation. It's like, oh yeah, of course, you know, um, massive beasts respond to computer software. I mean, what the hell? I d- it maybe maybe someone <laughs> maybe you know I can cast summon Joe's paleontology and you can explain that to me. But I just, I, you want me to? Um, you know what? Go for it because I thought it was bollocks. 
All right. <laughs> so in the natural world, it isn't actually unprecedented to have animals reacting to acoustic stimulus. Um, this is why people have uh, wireless fences for dogs, which if you're shocking your dog with a wireless fence, that's the method you're using. I do not approve of that. But, you know, you have these wireless or acoustic barriers for animals. And just like you can use, you know, the silent whistles to set a dog off, you know, like they're, they're, it's not unprecedented in the animal kingdom to have sound barriers or sound stimulus or what have you. Now, what I will say, Alex, is yeah. it may be a bit of a bonkers idea, but let's not forget, this is a love note to destroy all monsters. In Destroy All Monsters, the aliens are controlling monsters with sound signal with signals and as bonkers as the laptop orca thing may be let's not forget that silver spe spheres hidden around the world one was hidden in a coconut and destroy all monsters yeah in 1968 <laughs> yeah it was a different time you know <laughs> That's that's well, the crying you know, out loud. That, that, that's fifty-one years ago. That that's half a century ago. We thought, you know what? That, that's it, a great it may have been then. And it may have been bonkers then. Uh, you know what? Now we but, now but we have I, the technology. We have rebuilt it so better, I stronger. And I just thought, ah, <laughs> oh, how bloody convenient! Of course, someone's got a laptop with a special app that you can basically communicate with the monsters. You know, and oh I'm sure if a laptop breaks, it's alright because she's got it on cloud storage and she can carry it around the phone. <laughs> okay, so to throw out another uh, ode, another thing that the Orca actually relates to, have you ever seen the Hanna Barbera uh, cartoon Godzilla? What where they push the button and he summons yeah. Godzilla? Yeah, the sound signal push button. Whenever the calico is in trouble, it sends out this sound, and Godzilla appears mm. and benevolently acts. I also heard in the third Godzilla film, um, because they are going to be extending the license beyond Godzilla vs. King Kong, they send a signal into the sky, and just like Batman, they call Godzilla whenever they need help. That's how... Where did you hear yeah. they were extending the MonsterVerse? Uh, I, I haven't actually heard that. I'm just, I'm just, so, I'm just salty <laughs> as shit about this because... We're really hoping. Wow. That really didn't bother me at all. Really? I think it was because it was so early yeah, I just, on. I, didn't I was just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> So other than so other than the orca, right? That was the that was the main thing, and I will ramble <laughs> a lot about that. So I need to move on. I struggled with, um, I struggled with the character of Doctor Rick Stanton, who I felt was at times like as an actor pretty solid, but I felt that his script had a lot of kind of light relief forced comedy moments. There were a lot of lines where it was yeah. just like. Oh, come on. Now, that as a gripe for me was far less than the Yorker. And I noticed that a lot of people have really slated the acting in the film. Now, this is where, in terms of, you know, constructive feedback, I'm not going to slate the acting. Looking at the cast and looking at how the acting was delivered, I overall was happy. I was not endeared to the character of Dr. Emma Russell, but I was just like, all right, fine, you know, it's... um. 
fair enough. Well, you do you do kind of learn to hate her through the course of the Absolutely, film. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, no, like, I, th- I thought she was an interesting... Being endeared to her. <laughs> she, was, she was an interesting character. I thought uh, Millie Bobby Brown was solid. I really liked Kyle Chandler as uh, Mark Russell. Now, I thought he was a really good actor in that. Uh, I know that... When we made our new McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out, and you were screaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar. Up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station. But, um, a couple of people said, oh, he was bland. But no, I, I thought he was solid as like a, as an exact... I'll agree. Yeah? Yeah, as, I'll as totally agree. an exasperated, broken dad who's basically just looking around going, you're all idiots. I, I, I like that. Um, he is the voice. He is the voice of reason. He is, he, I mean, in a shining moment, he points out the, the flaw of the entire system. It's like, you created this god device that summons giant monsters and lets them yeah. do their bit, do your bidding, essentially. Why did you create this? And why was it under lock and key? What the hell have you people been up to? Mm. <laughs> Great. I mean, like, yeah, there. He raises a fair point. Yeah, roll credits. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a person yeah. with common sense in the giant monster movie. Um, I felt like. Oh, I'm, I'm just thinking about the cast now, just so I kind of get my words right. Yes, I felt like Dr. Rick, uh, Rick Stanton's character, whilst the character itself was fine. His scripting, there was a lot of forced comedy moments. I just felt like it was trying to be a bit edgy. Um, I did find it a little bit off-putting when the F-bomb was dropped. Now, I'm by no means a prude about my language. I, you know, I regularly catch myself swearing or almost swearing. But considering the fact that it was a PG-13, I was shocked that the F-word was used. Am I a prude for that? Did, did you guys not go, oh... It's interesting what you can get away with in a movie these days. I mean, if you yeah, want to go back, fine. if you want to go back a, a ways at this point, I mean, I remember in Alien versus Predator, you know, years ago, the F bomb was dropped, and that was one of the things that you know, I as a casual fan, I was like, they're making an Alien Predator movie, and it's only going to be PG thirteen. What? Yeah. <laughs> and and on the other, in the other sense, you know, you can get away with it these days in a film if you use it once or twice. But looking back. At the point when it was used, are you saying, Alex, that you would have not dropped the oh, exact no. same sentence? <laughs> well, 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 this this is it. I mean, in terms of how it was used, it was absolutely spot on appropriate. It was quite funny, actually. It was like a wow, he said that, but no, it was very, very appropriate. Um, you know, as King, I would have said that. Yeah, I would have said, I would have said, would have said, said that, it. and the C bomb. You know, I, I would have said multiple explicit deletes. <laughs> you know, but I, I was just in terms yeah. of not. A criticism. I was like, "Wow!" I was a bit shocked by that. Um, Did they say that in Jurassic Park? Therefore, no, they've never dropped an F bomb in no, Jurassic Park. I, I didn't think that they it. said shit in Jurassic Park, didn't they? Yeah, yes, yes that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> yes, um, which is fine to use. <laughs> no, for, for for me, it it was the bleeding orca. And like it, it kept being around. <laughs> okay, okay, we know you don't like the orca. No, and like. <laughs> 
Millie Bobby Brown is just able to steal the orca because it's on someone's desk. God. Oh. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, like, they're terrorists, eco-terrorists, and, you know, they probably don't expect the, what, Not 14, 15-year-old? Very sloppy terrorists, aren't they? Yeah. They... <laughs> Well, they're trying to save well, the world. They're, they're eco-terrorists, you know? I mean, like, they're not, like, the really dangerous kind. They're just eco-terrorists. Yeah. They're they're new to this dangerous thing. <laughs> but oh well. Charles Dance, you should have been a better eco-terrorist. I don't feel like Charles Dance was fully utilized. And my feeling is that he's going to be far more used in future films. It's interesting because they did a recent interview with him, and he doesn't know if he's in the, in the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, mm. which I was like... Oh, you think you'd know by yeah. now? If it's coming out yeah. next year. Can I pass the uh, can I pass the mic over to someone else in terms of their gripes? Hopefully they won't be as salty as me. Yeah, there's a lot of salt there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my yeah eyes. I don't think my I'm eyes. that salty. But um, I've got a few gripes. None of which are the orca. Alright, go on, Paul. Um, I'm sure there'll be a perfectly fine reason and you can talk me out of it. But um, the oxygen destroyer being used, that was like the whole is a big build up a massive um moment in the original film and it felt like it was just like a throwaway reference in this there's no gravitas behind it it was just like it was glossed it was over just, oh well let's use this secret weapon boom done and that was it I was like, it's not a secret huh. if you tell people it's coming <laughs> it's just i just don't I, I assumed it was just oh it's it's for the fans we'll call it that but it wasn't you know, so, I mean, unless that's going to make the, destroy later on. I don't know. It just felt like in the original film, that was such an important plot, part of the plot. And in this film, it was just a throwaway line of, yes, yeah, the oxygen destroy. And that just, it wound me up a little bit. It probably shouldn't because it's just a word. But that, that wound me up. I'm not overly salty. I'll let it go. Were you, were you expecting, once they announced it, were you expecting it to be used to a greater extent? Yes, rather than it just be a missile that got fired and or, blew up. Or, as a thought, guys, do you not think the significance of introducing the Oxygen Destroyer was they were like, you know what, Godzilla and the monsters in this film are so epic that even the Oxygen Destroyer is just like, you know, water off a duck's back. It doesn't even touch the sides. It touched something, that's for sure. Yeah, but then they shouldn't have called it the Oxygen Destroyer. Just say, oh, we're working on a weapon to take out kaiju i don't know but it just it just felt strange calling it that but they were trying to cram in the the fan that's releases, right they were cramming in every single thing mm. so there's nothing for future films see now you guys are speaking <laughs> my language <laughs> and- <laughs> next, seriously the next the next team they must have just been watching this movie or getting production notes they're just like god damn you yeah, like they must have had to, this is why they're doing reshoots they're like yeah, this is why they're doing reshoots and all this stuff right now it's like he stole every idea. Yeah. We have to change I, the plot now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I felt like, as a film, it was like an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. I, I went in... Japanese. This is Japanese. Yeah, Jap- I know. Let's, let's I know. Okay, it right. right. Cross-cultural Asian references. No. Um, okay, fine. An all-you-can-eat multinational cuisine. There you go. Just I went in there and I gorged myself on the genre. But to an extent, if I was thinking about an additional criticism, it's more of a general one. I went in and I gorged on it and there was just so much going on that at times some of the impact was lost. Because there was yes, so much happening. Absolutely. Because the the drama and the intensity of Rodan arriving, for me, that could have been one film. 
There could have been an entire film built around Mexico, that population trying to escape, and uh, Rodan wreaking havoc. But, what, 20 minutes of screen time? Something like that? There is a movie called Rodan, you know. Yeah, 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 the, the original. That, you know? Yeah, um, it's what. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could it could have been a fun movie. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, maybe it should. I have meant been. specifically like the the monster versus under like you know rendition of, but there was just yeah. so much going on at times. I was a bit like, I don't know. Just I felt like overwhelmed, which. On the one hand, was amazing. That was part of the spectacle. It was so busy. On the other hand, there was that feeling that I got when I went to see it was Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where for me, it was so busy as a film that I just felt like it was cluttered. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely agree. Like films, films are almost like they're catering to an audience that's got like ADHD. It's just like, everything has to happen really, really fast, <laughs> simultaneously. Everyone has to be spinning around each other screaming. And it's like, what? It just, I don't know. Um, at times I wanted Godzilla King of the Monsters to slow down a little bit. Oh, no, and I feel bad for saying that because the first film... Right, so we're going to segue into my gripe fest. Actually, um, Joe... Can we take a break because we're coming up to twenty minute mark, and I'd like you to get proper time to ramble and get in flow. Okay. Cool. We'll be back in a moment, folks. Hello, this is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network, and I am here to tell you about Screen Heroes. Do you love superheroes? What about superheroes in film and TV? How about weird rankings like top five lists or maybe three people just arguing about top five lists? Either way, we are the podcast for you. Check us out every Tuesday night live on Twitch or subscribe to Screen Heroes Podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play. Now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And welcome back for the final part of this episode. We are Kaiju Curry House, and we are discussing Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I'm going to take a back seat, and we're going to listen to what Joe thought in terms of improvements. Right, so we've kind of gone on, gone over a bit more, but I think on the needs improvement section, but I think that's just because we're all really passionate about the movie. So, yes. I will say that I carry a hearty suspension of disbelief whenever I go and see a film. Um, I am in an engineering trade. I have studied paleontology, geology. I am a man of science. I have a psychology degree as well. So it's one of these things where if you're going to go see a movie about giant monsters, just throw that out the window and have a good time. So earlier in the podcast... Alex mentioned that he did not like the orca. I thought the orca was actually a funny nod to Destroy All Monsters and to the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla. And I thought, you know, like that was a tongue-in-cheek way to say, hey fans, you know, we're doing this for you. Because in reality, you're not going to be able to draw giant monsters or control giant monsters or what have you without some kind of deuce ex machina. Um, I thought that was fine. I think the throwing absolutely everything in, I mean, I'm like I said earlier in the podcast, I've seen this movie three times now and I'm still catching stuff. I think it was great. After the, yeah. After I've seen, after I saw it the third time, the Easter egg dropped it 
Angulus's skeleton is lying on the seafloor next to Godzilla's lair. And I'm just like, damn it, I didn't notice what? that. So, you know. Oh, it's a, man. Yeah, so they have so many things thrown into this film. But you have to, I mean, like, you just have to understand that, like, this is their destroy all monsters. This is it. This is, like, they have thrown everything in, just like Destroy All Monsters did. That is what this movie is. It's a remake of Destroy All Monsters. Not, you know, like Ghidorah's initial appearance or just like a standalone Ghidorah movie or what have you. I mean, like, this is Destroy All Monsters. But, but Toho didn't start with Destroy yeah, All Monsters. But without the build-up. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. I understand that. But... I feel like we're jumped, we're jumped in the movies, boiling pot too fast. I understand, I understand that gripe, but you have to understand those movies that Toho made were made on a significantly smaller budget. So <laughs> jumping in yes. to make your money is something a studio has to kind of think about these I'm days. just hurt, okay? Yeah. Just hurt. Don't be hurt. It is a fun movie. So my gripe about this film, the only gripe that I will say about that I really have about this film is the pacing. Oh. The pacing threw it off big time for me so i watched gareth edwards films loved it i watched kong skull island loved it in those films there's a decent amount of build-up before you see the titular monster appear or before stuff just starts going down they have the time where they just kind of cement what's going on this is the film's premise and they establish the characters so we start off the film with Emma Russell and her daughter and her daughter burns bacon, which is obviously like the biggest gripe that I'll ever have with this movie. Don't waste bacon. But um, they, they start out there, you know, like there's a few minutes going back and forth. They establish like, oh, there's kind of a relationship going on here because they had that earlier scene that showed 2014. Someone's been lost. His family's broken. And then they go straight to Mothra hatching. And then, while Mothra's hatching, there's the eco-terrorists and they've been abducted. And then, you know, stuff just starts going wild. And I think that it's just the pace that's a bit jarring when compared to the other two. Now, we've recently had this information that the Blu-ray is going to have, I don't know, eight to ten minutes of deleted scenes. And the director's already said these were all character building moments these were all moments that don't involve monsters they were just cut out because it made the front end of the movie feel a bit slow and i'm just sitting here like oh <laughs> i could have really i would have really appreciated that honestly and i think that it also if you start the movie off a bit slower it helps you appreciate all the madness that comes on later like again all of these Easter eggs, these nods to the series, things that only fans catch and love. They did an amazing job with this film. It's just the pace needed to be a little bit slower, I think, for the fans to catch it all. And I think that may have been what put off some fans or maybe what, you know, had a lot of casual viewers, people that didn't necessarily know Godzilla, that weren't warmed up to this film at the beginning like the other two. You know, I think that that's what was really missing to really kick it into touch, to use a British phrase. Do you guys agree? I don't know. I was quite happy with the pacing. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot going on, but I was happy with the pacing. No, I, I'm with Paul. I think kind of um, 
I don't want to repeat myself too much because I'll lose the effect, but essentially... I... We know you didn't like the Orca. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you titled the episode for us, the one where Alex doesn't like the Orca? Um, <laughs> we can do. Oh, oh God. Um, no, I, for, the, for the most... Zilla. You know what? It was a wonderful film. It was. It was a really beautiful film, and some of the best points of the film were where it was a little bit slower. Like when Godzilla does come out of the water and then does that pose that we all saw in the trailer. That wasn't a yeah. rush scene. There wasn't loads happening, but as he sort of, as he rises from the water and the waves are hitting the boat, like that was some of the most wonderful cinematography I've ever seen in a Godzilla film. Oh gosh. When he just glares at the sub too, like he does that. Yeah. And then he's just like looking around. He's just like you, mm. and that <laughs> I was like, oh. and that wonderfully solemn face that Mark Russell has—that sort of look of "I finally understand you, and you understand me." It was really, really wonderful. I mean, yeah, it—it it was a brilliant film. I really enjoyed it. Just at times, I found it a bit bonkers, and there were things that didn't feel fully explained to me, like when um, Ken Watanabe goes deep underwater into that cave and i'm thinking oh this looks great more law building it's like and it's blown up it's massive massive i didn't like that whole thing sorry rewind say that again joe i i was gonna say i i'm really a bit hurt that those ruins were destroyed because that's the kind of lore building and like artistic stuff that i love i would have loved to see an underwater temple you know that's Absolutely. dedicated to godzilla yeah that would have been I mean, so cool. That's probably why Ken Watanabe uh, figured he had to be the one know, to sacrifice himself because he's just like, I just don't want to live in a world where this is blown up. No, there would be too much, you know, like past regrets. I mean, <laughs> as a as a Godzilla fan who was raised on a diet of um, you know Zelda Ocarina of Times Water Temple and plenty of Tomb Raider games, I, I love a good temple. I love a good underwater temple. I like an Atlantis, and I saw it and thought this looks great. This looks wacky and interesting, and I want to see it. And it's 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 been nuked. I was like, "What? I've only seen five minutes of the bloody thing, and it's gone." Well, they can't explain it, so they just blew it up. It's oh, easier I can't that even way. blame the orca for that. <laughs> well, it's already been stated that in Godzilla versus Kong, and it was even alluded to in the uh, newspaper clippings at the end of this film, that we are going to be exploring the origin of the Titans. In Godzilla vs. Mm. Kong. So I am hoping, okay. if anybody listens to this podcast, I am hoping, and I assume, that we will get to learn more about these past advanced civilizations that did no. worship the Titans. Because you've already set it up, Legendary. You better follow through because you have, you know, you have our attention with this stuff. But there better be Amanda protecting it all. Well, they can't explain it. So I, I they would like Amanda that way. <laughs> protecting a water temple. That would be good. Because <laughs> that's what Amanda does. Um, can I ask, what were your guys' thoughts on burning Godzilla? Because I didn't like that at all. Um, that shit was hot, yo. It melted my brain. I think he looked a bit like he put a face mask on and then just sort of dusted it off because as soon as he kind of went all radioactive and blasted uh, King Jidora. Basically used Final Smash move on him. 
as soon as that was done, it was like just sort of crumbled it away, and he's back to kind of back to normal. Um, yeah, he literally, he literally just Godzilla, shook it off, just, just blowing I up like that. Didn't I, I okay. don't I don't think of it as burning Godzilla. He he went Super Saiyan for a couple of minutes. Can we pause? Can we pause for just a second? So while we're on the topic, before I forget, yeah. so burning Godzilla, he beats Ghidorah. Major spoiler. There we go. We already said it, but. Um, he obviously eats Ghidorah's last head, right? Yeah. You know, like, this is a thing that we've all okay, seen yeah. now. Is that last head alive while he's eating it? Because <laughs> I've watched this movie three times now. That head snarls. It probably was it, trying it, to regenerate. Yeah, it's that head snarls. It opens and closes its mouth. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, the reason that he, you know, breaths it, so to speak, is because it is still alive. Still <laughs> that alive. And he probably, yeah, I would, I'd believe yeah. that. That and he probably can't swallow the horns, but you know. <laughs> wow. But I was like, I was just like, man, that's intense. The thing's still alive and you're eating it. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, it yeah. worked for Evangelion. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. Evangelion references are always good. So, sorry, were we off record there? No, we're recording. <laughs> no. Well, Joe did say pause and I did think, should I hit the pause button? <laughs> Did you guys seriously pause? No, no, I didn't. No, no, no. I did. No, I didn't. Okay, good. It's because I didn't pause for a second. I was like, should I? No, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, burning. <laughs> all right, we'll get out of this. But burning, burning Godzilla. I mean, again, they threw everything at the wall on this film, and burning Godzilla was one of those things yeah. that we didn't necessarily and see coming. But when you eh. when you think Godzilla from the high side era from the eighties, I mean. It's absolutely burning Godzilla and Destroyer. Yes, there were some other kind of key moments like Biolante as a kaiju and Mecha King Ghidorah was iconic. But in terms of in terms of Godzilla at his most striking, that burning Godzilla look, it's absolutely amazing. And Yeah. And that's it. As we said, it's a spectacle yeah, film, and, isn't it? However, do that God's, Godzilla versus Destroyers burning Godzilla shits all over burning Godzilla in this year's <laughs> film and I say that with sincerity like it was interesting that it kind of went all burning Godzilla but I was just like all right okay couple of minutes of Super Saiyan Godzilla and then went back to normal I was like eh, eh. I wasn't particularly bothered yeah it was just thrown in he's just powered up and he he does a nuclear pulse, which yeah, we saw. Exactly. In the 90, I think it's the ninety-one version of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Of like you know, nuclear pulses. There we nuclear go. Nuclear pulses. I kind of just saw it as he did final smash. It was just that. It was like a here's my special move, wipes everything out, and then right back to normal. That's kind of how I saw it. I don't really think of it as it was burning Godzilla. I just thought he might be a bit more yeah, worn out. Um, I liked it. Chance to sell more toys, let's be honest. X Plus will release a version of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Shit their pants I, liked, I liked it. I thought the Burning Godzilla was pretty cool. Yeah. I'll buy any X I'm Plus still... that they release as long as it's not an orca as a Rick Extra. You know. Oh. oh, I want that orca now. I want a life-size model. I'm not going to send it to What's you. What's really going to beast my wallet this year or next year, whenever, is after they've kind of, you know, released the main kaiju from this film, when X Plus announced that Behemoth figure, um, what looked, was like the Woolly Mammoth style one. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That looked amazing. I thought that kaiju looked awesome. I want to see more of that. There's so many so kaiju. So many kaiju. Was it 17, didn't they say? Yeah. Right. So... 
Godzilla versus Kong is obviously where we're going next. I mean, as with every yep. mashup in this cinematic universe, there was a cave painting, so we know it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a very good cave painting either. I mean, like, I'm not going to necessarily, you know, bust the artist's chops that put that together, but you really did just kind of superimpose the original Kong and Godzilla thing that was teased a while back and put it on the side of a wall. Joe, you say that, but that was enough of a plot device for the entirety of Prometheus to happen. A couple of cave paintings and, you know, (laughs) sod it, let's fly to the side of the universe. Well, hey, 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 Alex, let's not hurt Paul's feelings too much here. Oh, I'm sorry. Do do you like Prometheus, Paul? I don't... Oh, um, he likes Prometheus. You put him on the spot, Alex. This is terrible. You've totally... It's not a bad film. It's just not an alien film. You have outed Paul. This is terrible, Alex. You're such a mean person. I hate Prometheus even more than I hate the orca. Oh. Wow. Alex. What are we going to do with you? Okay, but uh, yeah, the movie going forward, so... Um, end credit scene uh we have a decapitated Ghidorah head that charles dances purchased um yeah, good for him. nefarious uh people will have king Ghidorah dna which is canon alien in this film so you can only use that to create a bad biolante-esque yeah, mutant they- somewhere down the line and we are totally going towards a Godzilla versus Kong where they team up and fight said abomination. Is anybody in disagreement with that assumption at this point? No, no, I think you're absolutely right there. Absolutely spot on. It's it's going to be an auger, biolante, some kind of monstrous creature that has been yeah. engineered as a bioweapon. It's the Indominus Rex. It's going to be uh, Resident Indominus Rex of the Just, Kaijuverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see that, but no. Um and uh, and the the end credits with the the music playing and the newspapers, that was wonderful. Um so much fun and I think I want to I want to freeze that frame by frame. Yeah when it uh, gets released Absolutely, yeah on that's one to watch at home isn't it because there was so much yeah yeah there was so much in there i, I took one image and actually put it on the uh uk kaiju fan group because it does say that there is a large mechanical thing that's been created yeah. to monitor skull island and i'm just thinking oh okay. there's a mecha right yeah, there I think. Mm. i'd like to see a mechanical mechanical I would like to see a Mechani Kong, and I'd like to I see wouldn't. I'd like to see a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> um, it would be interesting to see how it's handled because I think over the generations of Godzilla, there's sort of been various takes on Mecha Godzilla, and it's generally been handled very well. Um, Kuryu isn't my Mecha Godzilla. Oh my God! What? It just occurred to me. It just occurred to me. The terror, the ter- the terrorists could take Mecha Godzilla. And Godzilla and Kong have to team up against Mechagodzilla. That would be quite no, glorious. No, but I think more likely I mean, they could, we're just going to but... have a bioengineered monster. We cannot let the terrorists yeah. win. Why not? They're trying to save the Earth. They keep leaving the Come laptop out. They'll be fine. They're doing a shit job letting Ghidorah <laughs> loose. <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess they didn't know he was an alien. They just thought he was one of the originals. Yeah, invasive species are just as bad. 
Gentlemen, yeah. as much as I enjoy um, shooting the poop about Godzilla, I should return to being a family man, <laughs> so I will need to sign off soon. Can we, if nothing else? We can indeed. Who would like to go first? Joe. Dang it. Um, <laughs> if nothing else, see this film more than once, or, you know, when it comes out, uh, you know, like, do yourself the due diligence, buy the Blu-ray with, like, the special features, the deleted scenes, and just go through it, or better yet, get the art book, because there's so many things. It's such a loaded movie. I mean, I said earlier, the pacing might be a little bit off, but there's just so much in there to digest as a Godzilla fan. See it more than once. Enjoy it for what it is, and enjoy all the things that the people who made it lovingly put into it for the Godzilla and Kaiju fans. It is a good movie just goes really fast <laughs> um for myself if nothing else there's been a couple of videos that have been circulated around various sites um showing footage of the king Jidora actors there's three of them and they're doing the mocap creature acting i found that really interesting to watch i got a glimpse of that earlier today and um yeah, watch it it's, it's fantastic to see you know how you get from point A to point B with King Jidora, and it's really, really exciting. So that would be what I'd recommend to you. Look at some of the behind-the-scenes work, because... Yeah, I mean, I, I watched that video as well. And... No, no, uh, no, I'm, I'm done. Paul, Paul, speak. We're, we're excited. Go oh, okay. for it. So no, I was just saying, I watched that video earlier, and, um, yeah, the, I mean, the faces they pull and the, you know, they're really, obviously, they're getting into character, they're acting, but um, it's just really fascinating to watch. So I, I agree with Alex, they watch that. Um, what I'm going to say, if nothing else, is check out last week's episode if you didn't, and uh, have a listen to Alan Maxson, and um, go say hi on Twitter to him, uh, or on Facebook, just thank him for coming on the show, and I also agree with Joe, why don't you pre-order that Godzilla King of the Monsters Blu-ray, because... We want it to make as much money as possible, so they carry on making the films. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, put, put a review out. You know, if you enjoyed the film, put a review out on yeah, any Yeah, positive any review. Websites. Positive reviews are important. Um, thank you very much, everyone. And um, take care. I look forward to another episode of the two of you. Yes, indeed. Keep it kaiju, folks. Thanks for listening. Kaiju Curry House is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and produced by UK Kaiju with music by Flying Killer Robots. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe at heroespodcast.com or on the various podcast services such as Apple iTunes, Google Play or just about any podcast app. If you want to get involved with the show, please tweet us at UKKaiju and check out UKKaiju.com for the latest news, events and kaiju thoughts from all of us. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Rodan, total asshole, fights Mothra, what? fights everything, yeah. loses everything. Yeah. The stinker retires to Fiji. I mean, like, if anybody got away with murder, it's Rodan. I mean, like, he's just like, oh, sorry, Godzilla, please don't nuke me. And then he goes off to Fiji. I'm not imagining ass. a Shawshank. Is that, is that where he ended up? Yeah. What? I'm imagining Fiji. a Shawshank Redemption style situation of kind of Rodan painting a boat on an island in Fiji. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that Rodan's totally guilty of his crimes. I mean, like, he went after Mothra, he went after Dora, he like... Oh, but he looks so cool doing it. Ah.
when he bowed down before Godzilla, was like, oh, we're cool, right? No, we're, 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 you know. Yeah, all right, boss. Cheers. I'll buy you a beer. Just retire to Fiji. What a lad. Wow. Oh, what? Rodan, what a lad. What a lad. If your friends haven't told you, McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets are back. The ones made with spicy tempura and aged cayenne. But before you go telling friends, make sure you get them first. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.